Welcome to Rewitched, a charmed 1998 rewatch podcast. Join us on our journey as we recap, examine, and critique the series episode by episode from the beginning. We'll be keeping our podcast spoiler free, so we welcome fans, new and old, to join us in watching and reflecting on one of our favorite shows. Currently, we're on season one. I'm your host, Jess Savanko. And I'm your host, Mia Savanko. Now let's get into this week's episode. So this week's episode is season one, episode two, I've Got You Under My Skin. It originally aired on October 14th, 1998, and it had 6.91 million viewers, which is about 1 million less than the pilot episode had. So there was a little bit of a drop off, but still a really high viewer number here. Okay, so it starts off with Stevie, and it's kind of just following her around the restaurant. And then she walks up to Piper, who's working. Um, and Piper complains about her boss, Chef Moore, for a little bit. And then they walk around to the bar, and their friend Brittany comes up, and they see that she has an angel tattoo on her wrist, or on her hand. And Phoebe mentions that she doesn't, she thought it was illegal in the States. And Brittany said, yeah, she got it done in Tahiti. And then Brittany leaves and Phoebe sees this cute guy sitting across the bar. And she gets a premonition for that that guy's going to come over and ask her a drink. Um, and then she tells Piper how she got the premonition. And Piper gets mad at her for having a premonition, even though it's completely out of her control. Um, and then Piper. Axel Piper gets scared that none of them have control over their powers, and that guy from Phoebe's premonition came over and asked her for the drink like she saw, and his name was Alec, and then that was pretty much the end of that scene. Yep, um, they kind of go off together. Piper's still a little freaked out. Um, one yeah. thing I thought was interesting about this scene um, in the beginning is kind of the way um Piper has all this responsibility that she wasn't expecting and it's very clear that she's not dealing with it well um like she's kind of running the entire restaurant now because Chef Moore like quit or whatever and I think that's kind of like paralleling the same way she's handling becoming a witch she's just not handling that well either it's just too much like responsibility in one aspect and too much power in the other aspect for her and she just is like so anxious about everything yeah yeah i noticed that too it seems like every aspect of her life right now is just anxiety you know she doesn't know how to handle things she hasn't quite figured it out yet yeah meanwhile phoebe and prue seem so in control <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right you want to do the next scene yeah um so then we go out to the parking lot where Brittany is getting into her car she gets inside a she adjusts her mirror there's a guy in the back seat she screams we cut out of that scene then we move to andy's apartment prue gets out of his bed gets dressed she his alarm starts going off and she like uses her power to move it out the window as she's trying to like sneak out um she leaves andy wakes up he's shirtless and confused is what my note says i love that <laughs> And then we go to the theme. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. That's 
couldn't have said it any better myself. <laughs> I think this is the beginning of a very special love. Yeah, it's funny because I crew. see this scene, and we'll get into it a little more later in the episode, but I think all the characters are kind of making way too big a deal out of like the fact that Andy and Prue slept together. But we'll get there when we get there. <laughs> I know. I was thinking about that, too, the whole time. They were freaking out. Like, they're not in their mid-20s and allowed to have sex with whoever they want. Like, these are two the 28-year-olds. These are not, like... On top of the fact that they already have a history of dating. So, what's the big deal? <laughs> yeah. I mean, we'll get into that when we get to the seat later. But I don't, that's definitely what I was thinking, too. Um, do you want to yeah. go to the next scene after the theme break? Yeah. So after the intro, um, it goes to Piper at the house, and she's watching TV in the kitchen. Uh, she's watching some documentary about witches and how they're evil beings, can't go in churches, um, they should be burned at the stake, all of that. And then Prue walks in and sees what she's watching while she's going to get some coffee, and they have a little banter about the, the show. Um, and then Piper change, changes the subject and tells Prue that Andy called, and Prue instantly gets all, like, antsy, and is like, when did he call? And she was like, while you were in the shower. And then Prue was like, well, what did you tell him? Piper was like, that you were in the shower. So, um, after that, Prue tells Piper that it was a good date that they had, and that they ended up having sex. Um, and then Piper was like, oh, on the first date, you sleaze. <laughs> so dramatic. And then um, Prue says that it wasn't technically their first date and that they dated in high school. So then Prue says that it was really good, but she wanted to take things slow and didn't want it to be how it was last time. Uh, then they walk into the living room and Phoebe comes out and she's hearing their conversation. Piper tells her that Andy and Prue had sex and I guess Prue didn't want Phoebe to know. And then anyways, Prue changes the subject once Phoebe starts questioning her and asks her why she got home so late. Phoebe was out all night with that guy that she met at the bar um, and mentions that she had that vision of him. And then Prue gets upset that Phoebe used her powers again, saying that I thought we agreed not to do that. And Phoebe was like, no, you agreed. I don't want to do that. And then Prue's basically saying they need to be careful because Andy thinks there's someone in the area abducting women. And then basically saying that warlocks aren't the only thing they have to watch out for. Uh, and yeah. that's the end of that scene. Yeah, definitely. Um, so one thing I'll say about kind of like the banter they're all having here, I think for the most part, it's kind of like fun and playful. Like, I think we're getting a sense of their type of personalities because we get this idea that, you know, Phoebe doesn't really care um, about things like having sex on the first date or whatever. Like, she's kind of like, I didn't do anything that I'm ashamed of. Whereas, like, Piper is kind of, like, scandalized by this and Prue is kind of not sure how she feels about it, I think. Yeah. Um, I think that Prue is totally right in when she's saying how, like, this wasn't their first date. So... When we get to the scene with her and Andy at the restaurant way later in the episode, she says that they ended things seven years ago. 
So that means that if they were dating in high school, so let's say they started dating junior year of high school, and then they would have broken up when they were like 21, 22. They were dating for like five years. They had a very serious, very long-term relationship. So for, you know, them to get caught up in a moment or whatever happened, I think like the judgment that she's kind of putting on herself and Piper is kind of putting on her in this scene is a little uncalled for, in my opinion. Yeah, it's definitely unfair, unnecessary. Um, Another thing that I noticed all throughout this episode, and even the first episode this happens, I I can't stand the way, because it happens again, and it's already happened twice, and it happens again later in the episode, where they both get mad at Phoebe for using her powers, which, wrong for two reasons. First of all, Prue uses her powers too, quite often, and... Phoebe is the only one who has absolutely no control. Like, a premonition is not something she asks for. It just takes over her, you know? She gets these visions, not intentionally. So the fact that every time they're like, Phoebe, like, come on. It's like, what? (laughs) It just cracks me up. Yeah, and it's funny because, I mean, not to spoil anything, but Prue and Piper both have active powers. Um, They can control when and how they're using their power. Phoebe's power is very passive. Like you obviously can't control your visions. You know, this is giving away a little something. Later in the show, she will have greater control and be able to summon a premonition. But at this point, that's not something she's able to do. It's something that just happens to her. So for them to kind of be like, Phoebe, you're using your powers, like you said, it's just like, Yeah, it's like, (laughs) unnecessary especially the fact that I mean not so much with Piper because she really doesn't like she's this really freaks her out she doesn't even want these powers she's not you know trying to use them so when it happens to her it really is an accident but But Prue's out here tossing clocks out windows yeah tossing clocks out the window later in the episode moving paint moving elevators like okay but but Phoebe's wrong for uncontrollably getting this premonition (laughs) so stupid but you know it's sisterly I feel like that's the type of things where you would kind of like just be like kind of going at each other a little bit for no reason over something kind of yeah I definitely do that um but and I it also like goes to show I kind of even later in the episode we'll see this that Prue kind of tends to get mad at Phoebe for anything she obviously from what we found out from the first episode that she and Phoebe didn't get along for a while something with Roger um and then (laughs) um so I feel like Prue just always finds something to pick at Phoebe for but we'll we'll see that in the later in the episode too yeah definitely Um, so let's move to the next scene. So now we're at like the police station and there's a man there named Max who, um, if we remember the scene where Phoebe and Piper were talking to Brittany, she mentioned her boyfriend, Max, and this is him. Um, he's there because she never came home and he's talking to Andy and Inspector Morris about her being missing. Um, they kind of assure him that things will be okay and that he should go home and wait for her to call but then the second he leaves they're like this is the fourth missing one this week (laughs) they keep disappearing right around the restaurant 
sounded so casual when talking to Max. Like, relax, there's nothing to worry about. And then all of a sudden, they're like, okay, so all these women keep going missing. And it's like, all right, so maybe you shouldn't give him this false hope. <laughs> yeah, way to just, like, gaslight someone who comes to you for help. <laughs> Seriously. Made him, like, sound like he was doing something wrong. Morris was even like, Ugh, how long has she even been gone? Like, when did does she usually do this? Like, no. You know that this there's someone taking women. Yeah, I feel like this just kind of gives me those vibes of, like, that's, like, true to the real world, where, like, cops just don't take things that are happening to, like, women very seriously, or, like, domestic situations where there might be issues in a relationship seriously, and it's just, like, this guy is coming to you because his girlfriend is missing. She called him to say she was coming home and then never came home. But you're just yeah. like, oh, well, I can't help you. Yeah. All right. R- relax, dude. It's not. She's fine. <laughs> Don't worry about it. <laughs> no other reason to think that there's something wrong. Like, okay. Um. So in the next scene, it's goes to Piper sitting outside of this church and she's staring at the doors she's in her car um and then someone knocks on the passenger window which kind of scared her made her jump and she sees that it's pastor Williams um I obviously the pastor from the church and they start talking and he says aren't you early for dropping leftover food from the restaurant because I guess Piper brings leftover food from the restaurant to give to the church and then Piper says that she's planning on coming back later and then he kind of questions well what are you doing here now then um and she says she's just thinking clearly she's you know something's wrong and he can tell so he tries to get it out of her and she kind of mentions that there was this documentary but doesn't really get into it um and then she asks him if it's true that evil beings like witches can can't come into the church without being kind of struck killed um and he says that he wouldn't want to risk it and then he has to go and he leaves piper gets out of the car and tries to build up the courage to walk up to the church and open the doors she's obviously very afraid that you know if she tries to go inside the church now that she's a witch she'll be killed Um, And then right as she goes to put her hand on the handle to open the door, she hears thunder strike and she jumps, gets scared and just runs back to the car. Yeah, so I think this is like such a little scene, but I think it's really effective. And like, we'll see they kind of repeat this same scene two more times in the episode. But um, one thing I really appreciate about this is number one, um, I like this sense we're getting here where like, while they might not seem like the most religious family, I think it's pretty clear from like her familiarity with the pastor that like this is probably a church they went to either growing up or like as adults, um, the family. And we see later on in the episode that Phoebe also knows him. So we can assume that their whole family had gone to this church. Right. Um, And also just, I love the editing of this scene, like the drama of the music as she's walking up, the slow walk, everything about it just like is really working. And I just like commend Holly Marie Combs for this scene because I think this scene could have been so cheesy and so like just not good. And she does a really good job at kind of really encapsulating like Piper's worry and like concerns in this moment. She does. She's really good about like 
kind of showing that fear and that anxiety, showing that, you know, there's obviously something bothering her without actually saying it. Um, and then I love it when she goes up to the door. I mean, this, it cracks me up the way, like, she slowly puts her hand on the handle like a horror movie. Um, and then the way she jumps, like, <laughs> jumped back from the lightning, cracked me up. I think she did a really good job, too. So then we move on from here. So we go to this big office building. It says Buckland out on the front. Um, Prue is in the elevator. We find out that she is interviewing at the auction house upstairs. There's a man in the elevator next to who she has a brief conversation back and forth about. Um, she kind of mentions that she's not sure she's right for the job, things like that. Um, Andy calls her. He's kind of trying to have a conversation about what happened between them the night before. Um, she's kind of arguing with him. She's like, I did not sneak out, whatever. They're going back and forth a little bit. Um, the call drops. It's very clear that, of course, she's surrounded by men in this elevator and they're all judging her. So she uses her power, um, skips all the floors to get to where she needs to go and exits the elevator. I love that. I, I kind of like something about Prue and the way they present her. She's such a, and we'll see it too when the actual interview comes along. She's such a strong, like confident, independent woman. And I think this show is really trying to show that. And, you know, the way even when she's surrounded by men, she kind of has her things together. Um, and I think that's just like a constant theme with her throughout. So I like that. I think I think it's really good. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think she has a lot of confidence and it's kind of really interesting for me to see sort of the differences between the way she acts in these big crowds and around men she doesn't know versus kind of like the nervousness she has in her conversations with Andy. I think it's, um, it kind of says a lot about how we kind of interact one way with strangers and people who we do feel we don't need to impress in the same way versus like people we are closer to or have some type of like romantic connection to. Right, exactly. Okay, so um, the next scene, she, okay, so now um, it cuts to Quake, which is the restaurant. And Phoebe is handing someone their check, and she kind of recognizes him, uh, and this guy is sitting with another girl there, and she says, aren't you Stefan, and says that she's familiar with his work, so I guess he's some type of artist or something, um, and then he kind of calls her gorgeous, and Phoebe mentions the girl sitting next to him, and is like, hmm, I'm sure, I'm sure your girlfriend appreciates that. And he's just like, oh, she's not my girlfriend. And then she gets up and leaves kind of angrily. Um, and then Phoebe goes to walk away and he stops her and says that he's doing a photo shoot for a Porsche or with, or I mean, the car, I guess, and that she should come model for it. Um, and then asks if she models and she was like, in my dreams, yeah. <laughs> um and then he gives her a napkin with the address of the photo shoot of the shoot on it. And she walks away and runs into Piper, who grabs her and asks if she can do this delivery drive. And she says yes and asks if the guy at the bar is staring at her. But there was no guy at the bar. Piper was like, 
there's a lot of guys at the bar that are staring at you. And then he's just, he's gone after that when Phoebe goes to look. I think it's funny because I notice it in this episode. And I guess it was there a little bit in the pilot. And we'll see it a lot more throughout the first season. But I feel like they're always kind of pointing out how Phoebe gets all this attention. And like, I think there's this aspect where like, we see like Phoebe who's very confident and like Prue who's very confident. And then we kind of see Piper who's a much more insecure person. So when she kind of points out the things that her sisters are doing or like kind of the way they look and are carry themselves differently than her, it's something I just want to keep my eye on because it's very interesting to me because obviously like Holly Marie Combs, very beautiful. Um, and I think that we're noticing at least at this point in the series, I don't think Piper recognizes those types of things about herself like I think she sees her traits as being more like the caring one the one who puts herself in between all the issues and does what other people need her to do and that's kind of what draws people to her I don't think she sees that she is also like kind of beautiful and people notice her as well right exactly very very middle child in the show um and there was something I wanted to mention oh god now I can't remember it oh yeah so the the thing that every time I've watched this show and seen this scene I've never understood that whole part with Stefan and that girl that was sitting with him like why why did that happen why did why did he call Phoebe gorgeous and she he was like she's not my girlfriend and then she got up and ran away all angrily like okay, what is she then? Why are you sitting with this girl? Why'd she get so mad? Like, always has confused me. (laughs) I think that, like, from what I can tell and from, like, the next scene we see her in, I think she's, like, a date who he asked to model for him. And so she's, like, upset that he's, like, asking another girl probably the same things he said to her right in front of her. That's kind of what I took away from it. Why would he do something like that? (laughs) I guess when you, like... like are a photographer for Porsche, you can just kind of say and do whatever you want. Yeah, that's that's the vibe I'm getting to. <laughs> like Phoebe what? said, he's very New York. Oh yeah, she did say that. <laughs> he's very New York. I love Phoebe. She's my favorite. Well, I can't really seem to pick a favorite, but I love Phoebe. Yeah. You want to do the next one? Yeah, so then we're back at the auction house. Um, Prue is kind of walking through with this blonde woman. Um, As they're talking, this woman says that he was impressed with her resume. um, And I guess we're about to find out who the he is as they head towards an office. Prue mentions that she never applied for this job. And somehow this guy had just found out about her. The blonde woman mentions that Um, Roger had said things, bad things about her, but despite that, they were still interested in her for the position, and Prue kind of brings up, well, he's not only her ex-boss, but also her ex-fiance, so that's why he kind of trashed her, um, and the woman seems to understand right away. Um, They enter the office, and the guy from the elevator is standing there and introduces himself as Rex Buckland. Um, And he says, welcome to my stuffy old auction house, which was the exact phrase she used in the elevator. Yeah, that was, (laughs) that was so funny the way she came in there. Oh my God. I felt like embarrassed for her when I saw that, but still, even in that moment, did you see the, 
the end of that scene where they showed her face and she was like she didn't even sound like embarrassed or anything she just looked she still looked very confident very strong she looked almost angry which yeah. I think is very fair I think she's I think she's the type of person who can kind of like roll with anything um you know as they mentioned in the pilot she basically raised her younger sisters right so I think she's someone who's used to kind of taking on that role of doing more than to actually her responsibility so she doesn't really have that fear she kind of and we'll see this in her next scene she knows her skill set she knows who she is and she's going to make her point kind of no matter who her adversary is which I think we'll see happen in both um real life situations and in magical situations as we keep watching yeah I agree also love the fact that they had to mention that asshole again true if we're like we'll never forget roger i guess i hope he no. just disappears from our life soon Seriously? i hate that man <laughs> he sucks what a horrible horrible guy literally okay and then um so next we cut to this porsche the porsche shoot um phoebe's not there it's kind of earlier and it seems pretty empty um, and then we hear the music playing, and someone kind of sets a candle in the candle stand, and then it's, you, camera turns, and you can see the girl from before who was sitting with Stefan is tied up to a table, and she says, please stop, Stefan, like, let me go, and then he kind of comes out of the dark as this old, creepy man, and he's like, it's Javna. Can we just take a moment? That, like, all, that's the one thing I'll always remember about this episode. Me like, too. that voice lives in my nightmares eternally. I'm so glad I'm not the only one because I, I, re- that specific phrase, I reference that all the time. Even in the future, like, in the, or in this episode, I literally have it in my notes where I'm like, he uses his iconic phrase again. Like, <laughs> I like I'll be sitting in the car and this is kind of mean but if I see like a like an old man with white hair like that with like white thin hair um I'll turn to like I've turned to Caitlin my our other sister and been like it's Javna (laughs) (laughs) every single time (laughs) it's just like it's one of those things from the show that just like I'll never forget it. I'm just like, yeah, no, it'll stick in my mind forever. (laughs) I wish I could say it how he says it. It's so perfect. Like, I can hear his voice in my head, but I can't repeat it. Exactly. (laughs) Sometimes I want to reference it, but I just, like, know there's no one around who would understand. But, yeah, no, I can can never forget it. Um, And then this scene gets even cheesier because... After he says that, he kind of comes forward and uses his laser beam eyes directly into her eyes and um, turns her to this old lady, and then that kind of turns him young again, like he was taking her youth to give to himself. And then he just kind of looks in the mirror and, like, smiles at himself. And that was pretty much the, the end of that. And I was just, I have to mention that, (laughs) that, um, what's it called with the laser eyes? Editing, not editing. Like the special effects? The special effects, that, yeah. The special effects, super 90s. Like, that was terrible. 
you can see them like waving on his eyes. <laughs> it was so funny. <laughs> yeah, and it like doesn't even directly connect with her like the way it should. It's just like <laughs> it's bad. It's bad. CGI Super wasn't weird. what it could be yet. <laughs> no, no, not even close. But so that was um that was that scene. <laughs> So then we move back to the Buckland auction house um, and Prue and Rex are still in his office and he brings up what she said on the phone and he's kind of like, uh, and Prue kind of points out that that was a private phone conversation and he apologizes for that after saying that it wasn't and it's kind of like hardly. He brings up that he just took over the auction house from his father and he wants a younger market to come in, which was one of the reasons why he was interested in her. But at the end of the day, he wants someone who really wants to be there, and he doesn't think that's her. Prue starts to leave, but then she comes back. Um, she mentions how she has all this different range of expertise, um, talking about, I believe she says, the Ming Dynasty all the way up until um, baseball cards. Um, she then says that I may not have sought this job originally, but I do want it, and I'm definitely right for it. And that's that moment where we really see that she is confident. She knows exactly what her skill set is, and she's not going to let this random guy who's judging her based on a phone call he overheard between her and a love interest diminish her and her skill set without truly giving her the fair shot that she deserved. Yeah, exactly. That was what I was saying earlier, how earlier, or how when the interview comes along, we see definitely more of her strong personality and how she's willing to stand up for herself. And I think it shows great, like, femininity, you know? Is that right? Yeah. Did I say that right? Wow. (laughs) Interesting word. So I I think it just goes to show that, like, you know, you don't have to let people talk to you like that. Even someone who's going to be your boss or someone like above you in some way it doesn't matter yeah definitely okay so then we cut to piper and phoebe at the church um they're there with the in the or with the car standing outside kind of handing food to people to give to the church um and they're just talking about how Peru hasn't had sex in a long time and how it's not like her to have sex on the first date. And then Piper is like, or Phoebe's like, it's not a big deal. Like, what, you've never had sex on the first date? And Piper's like, no, have you? And it's just kind of quiet. She's like, don't answer that. (laughs) Um, One thing I want to bring up before we kind of push forward in the scene, like, I get that it's, like, normal for them to kind of, you know, be gossiping about their sister or whatever. Like, I get the vibes. But, like, I don't know. This episode is written by a man, whereas the first episode was written by a woman. And I feel like this scene really gives me that vibe. There's that, yeah. Because, like, they're judging Prue for everything. They're judging her for not having sex for a while. Then they're judging her for having sex. Then they're, like, then Phoebe's kind of, like, oh, like, you think that her having sex would make her, like, nicer or whatever. But she's actually worse. And I just, I hate that people say stuff like that about women. Like, I'm sorry. Like, whether or not they are currently, like, sexually active doesn't make them a bitch or a nice person. That doesn't make any fucking sense, and you would never say that about a man. Yeah, because it's not, they, they think, 
I mean, I'm sure guys probably think it's the same kind of thing for us because I know when they when they don't finish for a while or something like that, it can cloud their vision. Like <laughs> it, it does that for guys I've heard or that. I feel um, like guys just lie about everything. So I don't even think they that's totally true. do. <laughs> probably not. Yeah. That's but just something that's they just say like, to pressure people. Yeah. So like we, I don't know, we hear that. And I think that's where the whole, like them saying that about themselves. So I think that's where the stigma that it might happen to women too. Like, I don't know. But also another thing, I don't, (laughs) it's so weird to me how involved they are in their siblings' sex life. Like, in real life, that wouldn't happen, at least not to me. I know, (laughs) especially not with you. I know you're very, you know, (laughs) don't like to hear about that kind of stuff. I mean, I, I mean, I talk about those things with my siblings sometimes, like, you know whatever they can tell me things but like I don't want to know like details and I'm not gonna and also like when I'm not with you like I'm not with one of our other sisters being like oh so like let's talk about Mia's sex life yeah literally that's what I'm saying like I would never like if if Caitlin told me something I would never come back to you and be like listen to what Caitlin did (laughs) she hasn't had sex in forever (laughs) like that's so weird to me I don't I would never do that Okay, anyways, let me continue yeah. on. Um, so, after that conversation, they're kind of handing out food still, and Phoebe says out loud that she's a witch, um, and then this guy hears her that they're giving the food to, and Piper freaks out and is like, are you out of your mind? Like, what are you doing? Um, and she's scared, thinks they should be careful about mentioning it, and Phoebe's like, well, what's the big deal? Like, it's not like he took me serious. Piper's like, we should just be careful, and Phoebe's like, there's careful, and then there's paranoid, like, what's going on with you? Um, and then the pastor from before, Pastor Williams, Mm -hmm. um, comes up, and he sees Phoebe and hugs her, and they catch up, um, and then Phoebe's like, I'm gonna go get some gum, so leaves and then it's just the pastor and piper alone he can obviously tell by looking at her face that something's wrong so he's just kind of giving her this like look like come on tell me what's up and then piper's like okay here's the deal i have a friend that has a problem and she thinks she might be a witch and then i don't know kind of where this came from but the pastor is basically saying that god or some some phrase that literally means oh you should put the witch to death um and then that's pretty much how the scene ends a little weird but (laughs) yeah one other thing um I kind of want to point out about the scene you know other than this little vibe is back to like um Phoebe and Piper's conversation when they're kind of talking about like being a witch and Piper's all nervous Phoebe kind of starts to ask Piper if she wants to talk about what's really bothering her. And I think like for me, the subtext there was that Piper's still upset over what happened with Jeremy and hasn't been talking about it, which might also be why she's obsessing so much about Prue's love life in this episode to kind of get away from talking about what just happened to her. Right. Because her and Jeremy were in a like long-term relationship and then she finds out that this that you know he's this warlock so I think that definitely did put that big fear in Piper's mind like 
careful who you talk to, careful who you trust. Um, so yeah, I could see that. I could see that. Yeah, I also just like how like the pastor is just like, yeah, dead. <laughs> yeah, I know. He's like acting all nice. I don't even know how that kind of came up. I know she was like, she was like, she thinks she's a witch. What should I do? He was like, well, put her to death, you know? <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> like, Jesus. And then that's just where it cuts out. It's like, okay. Like, I didn't know way most to... churches vibe with murder, but like, okay. <laughs> I know. Way to instill that fear in Piper's mind. <laughs> So then we cut to the next scene, which is at like a little newsstand. Um, Phoebe's there and there's also an old couple who's playing the lottery and kind of is talking about how they're going to lose their house if they don't win. Super um, adorable couple. They are. They were very cute. And then Phoebe touches something. She gets a premonition of the winning lottery numbers. The old couple takes down the lottery numbers that she mentions. She also buys one for herself. The newsstand guy thinks she's kind of crazy, but whatever, they both buy their lottery tickets. Phoebe then goes back to the car where Piper is waiting and she's kind of smiling and Piper asks her what she's smiling about and she's like, oh, nothing. Then as they're driving away, we cut to the line at the church. There's an old woman standing there. She goes to brush her hair back and we see that she has Britney's tattoo so we know that Jovna also got Britney <laughs> see that Jovna is here um yeah so I mean that's pretty much all there is to that I'm not sure what the point of that little scene was but it was cute you know it was cute to see the old couple and know that Phoebe's gonna help them because she gave them the winning numbers and then anyways after that they cut to Andy and Daryl um staking out Quake the restaurant because all the missing women had gone you know it we're all there or around there and then Andy's kind of like something isn't right and uh wonders what the guy is doing with these women Daryl makes fun of him a little because as we know, Andy seems to believe a little in the supernatural, and Daryl's like, oh, what do you think, there was like an alien abduction or something, and then Andy's just trying to be serious, but after that, um, Andy sees Prue walking into Quake, and he gets out and wants to go talk to her mid-stakeout, <laughs> and then um, Daryl's like, gives him five minutes to go in, and he's like, all right, fine, just five minutes, um, and then Prue and Piper are inside and they're talking and Prue tells Piper that basically she thinks she blew her interview just kind of having regular conversation there and then they see Phoebe she's in this Armani dress sitting with Stefan um flirting talking and then Phoebe or Prue comes up to Phoebe and is gets introduced to Stefan and is kind of mentions how expensive the dress is and they get up and go talk to each other, and they all go in the kitchen. We see that Stefan's hand is turning old again. Um, and then they walk into the kitchen, and Prue asks how she's going to pay for that because she's broke. And she says, not for long, kind of hinting about the lottery ticket. And then Prue's like, oh, you used your powers again, didn't you? Pi uh, Pr Fife, 
oh my god, all their names are like <laughs> intertwining. Phoebe says yeah, and they just start arguing. Piper comes up in her typical freaking out, scared manner. Um, just kind of like rushing, trying to make sure everything's done. Like, what are you guys doing here? And then Phoebe mentions the lottery ticket. Um, and then her and Piper both get mad for at her for using her powers for personal gain. And then Piper says to be quiet because they kind of start yelling about the powers and everything. And then let me just let me just cut there for a second. <laughs> it's a very long like sequence of events. I just wanted to mention, again, right there, where they start yelling at her for her powers, like, oh, you're not supposed to use it for personal gain. She did not do it intentionally. <laughs> well, she that did not buy a lottery ticket intentionally. That that she did, but, like, the fact that she had her premonition, I mean, Prue was already mad before she even knew that it was a lottery ticket. And also the fact that right there, during that argument, um, Phoebe was like, or Prue was like, you used your powers again, and she was like, yeah, are you telling me you haven't? And she was like, well, I'm not saying I haven't, but we're not talking about me. Okay, so you have, Prue. What is the issue? <laughs> yeah, I think that's the part I disagree with. Like, I understood them being mad about her, like, using the powers for personal gain, right? right? Like, it was one thing that she had the vision and gave the that, like, those winning numbers to the old couple. It was another thing that she took down Not those numbers and bought an Ar Armani dress for herself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, okay, and then after that, uh, Andy walks in the kitchen and he runs into this guy kind of knocking over all these plates in the other guy's hand and Piper's just like, there's so much going on. She accidentally freezes the room before the plates hit the ground and then Prue's like, now look what you did, Phoebe. And she's like, how is this my fault? And then Piper sees that her and Phoebe didn't freeze. Um, and then they figure out that I guess the freezing power doesn't work on witches. And then saying that she doesn't know how long it lasts, they look and see that the rest of the restaurant is not frozen. So it doesn't happen outside of the room that they're in either. Piper is freaking out freaking out <laughs> hyperventilating phoebe's trying to calm her down because daryl is starting to walk to the kitchen to find andy and the room's still frozen so prue went out to stall him and then he walks in and the room unfreezes just in time and andy's like sees daryl and is like what are you doing here i have five minutes and daryl's like yeah i gave you 10 um and then piper says that they're really busy so everyone has to get out of the kitchen um, and they leave, and Prue says that she'll call him. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I mean, my main takeaway from this very long scene was just kind of, we're learning more about Piper's power, how it works, the effectiveness. Um, we're getting a little more of those sibling rivalries that very clearly still exist between Phoebe and Prue specifically, and also we're just getting more of Piper freaked out about everything having yeah. to do with their magic. Yeah, and that was um, that was another part that I was saying earlier, how when Piper froze the room, Prue kind of blamed Phoebe for it, and it's like, okay, so it's very clear that you're just, you know, you'll put anything on Phoebe's shoulders, you know? Yeah, um, but um, Prue, Prue why did Andy come in? Who would he be looking for? Wasn't it you? Isn't this your fault? Yeah. 
Isn't this all about you? Isn't Andy the reason Daryl came in and you're the reason Andy came in? Like, maybe just call him back. Stop freaking out about a one-night stand with this guy that you were with for so long. Ugh. But yeah, so then our next scene, we are back at the manor. Um, Piper is in the attic. She's reading the Book of Shadows when Phoebe enters. Piper kind of mentions how she's thinking about how totally screwed they are now that they're witches. And Piper says one thing she envies about Phoebe is that Phoebe is never afraid of anything. And Phoebe kind of responds to this by saying that, yeah, but like her fearlessness is something that tends to get her into trouble. Piper expresses to Phoebe her worries that she's evil and how she just wants to be a normal person again. And Phoebe kind of gives this very long, sweet kind of saying. I took down some of it, and she kind of says that Piper is the sweetest, most caring person she's ever met. Um, and there was no way that Piper would be given this gift if it wasn't to do good things with it. Piper kind of seems to start to accept this, even if she hasn't fully, doesn't fully believe it yet. And then Phoebe kind of makes these jokes about how she's leaving to go get her picture taken, and they'll see each other later. Yeah, that's pretty much everything that I got to. I felt so bad for Piper there. You can see that she's freaking out. And then we get a little um, a little more about Phoebe's personality, how she's just very fearless, um, always has been. And I think Piper even mentioned how she, you know, she wasn't scared when she left to New York and everything and how she envies that, you know, Phoebe has this fearlessness that Piper very obviously does not have. So one thing I'm definitely noticing about Phoebe in this scene too is kind of there's very clearly this kind of love and compassion in her that I think her sisters aren't really seeming to see about her yet. Um, I think they're focusing a lot on her kind of rebellious, fearless characteristics because she didn't have to give this big speech to Piper about all the good things she sees in Piper, Um, but she does and you can tell she really means it. Um, And I think that as much as Phoebe might do her own thing, I think it's clear that she seeks some type of validation from her sisters, and that's why she'll give it to them as well. Um, right, yeah. So that's kind of something that stood out to me there. Phoebe definitely gets portrayed as this kind of wild, I don't care person, but this scene really showed that she does have that compassion and she does have that care for others. It's, It, it seems like it's more like... Um, kind of like a rebellious child but also like she wants she wants some love and some care you know she she still needs it she's still growing up um and then taking care of Piper there that was really sweet yeah and I think like sometimes we forget it just because you know they look older I mean I don't look at Alyssa Milano and think that's a 22 year old woman right there but like he's supposed to be 22 like she's like a very young person just kind of like figuring out what it means to be an adult like she's not really at the same place in her life that either of her sisters are and so I think seeing her kind of figuring out herself still makes a lot of sense in this first season especially right yeah I agree um so the next scene um it kind of cuts to prue and andy and they're sitting at a restaurant talking 
uh, and Prue is saying, Andy, or Andy says that he's not sorry that what happened happened. And Prue says, you know, I got to be honest, I am sorry it happened, even though I enjoyed it. And then Andy wants to know just why she left this morning, that morning. Um, and Prue says that her life has gotten complicated and she just doesn't think she should get involved in anyone with anyone right now. And Andy's just like, let's just forget about it and take things slow. Um, and then Prue gets a call from the auction house and they want her back for a second interview. Uh, and that's where the scene ends. Yeah. So one thing I took note of in this scene, um, I think Andy is being really sweet here as much as he's kind of bumbling over his words the same way she is. Um, when he kind of says like, well, we can just count that as part of our old relationship and kind of start over together. Um, I think he understands where he's coming from and he's really showing her that like, he doesn't just want that like one night with her like he does want a future with her and like whatever it takes for them to get back to where they were before he left or before whatever happened that entered their relationship happened um he's willing to do it and I think that this is just overall a really sweet scene between them right it seems like they you know it this scene makes it clear that they both still have all that love for each other and all that care and again here that you can tell it's written by a man the way they're talking about sex like oh she was when she was saying that she enjoyed it though she was like even you know that one part and he was like yeah that was great and she was like and of course that other part and he was like yeah that was great too or something like that yeah literally in my notes I'm just like the most awkward sex talk yeah exactly like super weird oh my god and then later in the episode with this other phone call from Andy uh, but we'll get to that <laughs> yeah and like listen I'm the most awkward person on the face of this earth like I can't have these type of conversations but I feel like they out awkwarded me in this scene I was just like yeah that was super super awkward but um at least they're both in the same boat <laughs> <laughs> same level you want to do the next one yeah um so then we're back at the church Piper's in her car once again um, we kind of get a repeat of that first scene of her going up the stairs, um, but this time she does make it all the way up. She's able to pull that handle. She steps inside. She kind of steps in and out a couple times, kind of nervous, and then she smiles. She steps out. She yells, I'm good, and she gets that confirmation for herself. Then as she's heading down, she sees um, the old woman, and she sees the tattoo, and she's kind of like, Brittany? And the woman's like, you know me? Is that my name? And that's kind of where we leave that scene off. Then we move to back to the auction house where Prue and Rex are talking together. He wants to test her expertise. He introduces her to this red-haired woman named Hannah Webster. She looks at a piece. Um, she points out all the reasons why she knows it's a copy. She then identifies a statue as they're doing this, a paint can starts to spill. She uses her powers to push the paint away from her. Um, she gets the job. And right after she leaves, Hannah and um, Rex are standing there. And Rex kind of asks, well, what do you think? And Hannah says either she's the luckiest woman alive or she's a witch. So we get the sense that 
them hiring Prue has something to do with the fact that she's a charmed one, not just that she is an expert in these ancient artifacts and things. Right. They, you know, it becomes clear that Rex and Hannah are evil. Um, and obviously evil or otherwise magical. <laughs> magical in some way. Yeah. I just felt from Hannah's attitude that it was clear it was kind of like a bad intention. And also, I love the way that they kind of foreshadowed this by, you know, oh, Rex was the one who called Peru. Um, and she mentions a few times, like, I don't even know why they wanted me so bad. And the fact that she got a second interview after that is like, you know, kind of shows, okay, so this was why. But anyways, after that, Peru gets home and she sees this old lady in the house um, and she's a little confused and then Piper comes out and she tells the old lady to go sit in the other room like in the kitchen she's like oh why don't you just go sit in the kitchen um, and then Piper tells Prue that the woman that old lady is Brittany Reynolds their friend from before who was 25 um, just that morning and then um Piper, or yeah, Piper mentions that she asked her things only Brittany would know just to make sure. Um, and that's kind of the end of that scene, just Prue finding out, you know, that, that's Brittany. Um, and then we cut to Phoebe, who shows up to the place where uh, the ad shows up to the address where the shoot is going to be. Um, and she goes to get out of the car and knock on the door, but as she puts her hand on the door, she gets a premonition of him killing her. So she runs away and tries to drive out, but Stefan, just like he was with Brittany, was in the back seat and kind of puts his hand around her and captures her. Yep. So then from there, we cut back to the house and they're in the attic, um, Prue and Piper. And Piper kind of recalls reading about this person that steals youth, who is, as we know, Jaffna. And she mentions that he steals the life force from the young and proves like, well, is there a way to get rid of him? And uh, Piper brings up this hand of Fatima that will banish him. Um, as they are going through this, Brittany is downstairs. She's looking at the fridge. She sees the address pinned there and she falls down. Prue and Piper come downstairs to check on her and she tells them that that's where Javna is. They discover that Stefan is Javna and they're going to go get Phoebe because they know that she's there. This is another part that I loved the way they came downstairs and grabbed the address and she was like, oh, this is where Phoebe was going to meet Stefan. And Brittany was like, oh, no. <laughs> Cracks me up every time. It's it's just not possible to say his name without saying it that way. Literally. It needs to be dramatic. <laughs> so anyways, they, they found out that that's where Phoebe went and then we cut to Andy and Daryl talking about how they think that Stefan is the serial killer um, thinking or thinking that he's the one abducting these women uh, because he's been at the restaurant and whatever and they just kind of so the police yeah and they see on that ATM about, camera that he was leaving with one of the victims from Quake right 
So they figure it's him and they're heading out to go find him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we cut to Phoebe tied up in the same place that the other lady was before. And Javna says his iconic line. And then Prue and Piper show up. Uh, and they're kind of talking outside. They hear Phoebe scream. They come in. Um, and Javna does his laser eyes onto Phoebe. And Prue and Piper come in and Prue moves him with her mind, you know, uses her powers. Uh, and then he does the laser eyes on her while Piper is untying Phoebe. And then they kind of tell her, oh, grab the mirror because there was a mirror next to Prue. Um, she lifts up the mirror and kind of hits him with the laser eyes, like with the reflection. And then they all join together and they say the spell for the hand of Fatima and the hand shows up on Prue's, you know, her hand turns all magical. Um, and then that banishes him, Javna. And then the police show up and the girls walk out of the police and see Andy and they start talking to him and they lied and said that Phoebe was there to take pictures with uh, Javna or I mean with Stefan and um, that she had car trouble so that's why the Piper and Prue came to help. And then Andy mentions like oh you're, you're lucky you are this is the guy that's been taking women. Daryl comes and says there's no sign of him. And then Andy starts the car and sees that there was nothing wrong with the car and is a little bit suspicious of it, but doesn't really say anything. And then Piper and Phoebe walk away. And then Prue is like, oh, will you call me? And he says, yeah. Um, So that's all of that scene. Yeah. So um, to kind of go back to before they vanquish Javna. So like... um, one thing I notice is in that scene where Phoebe kind of thinks of Prue holding up the mirror, I think one thing I'm starting to notice about Phoebe is she's very resourceful. Like she kind of knows what's around her and how to use things, which is really interesting to me. I also, I mean, the special effects in that scene are hilarious, but I think like, you know, the skeleton to ash one wasn't that bad. Like that one was okay. But yeah, for the scene outside um, where we have that interaction with Andy, I think um, one thing we didn't mention about the restaurant scene is Andy points out that he knows that Prue has some type of secret. And I think this is him kind of starting to collect details about what he might think that secret is. And I'm curious to know like what he's thinking that secret is and if we'll ever find out what it is that he thinks it is. Thinks that it is, yeah. Yeah, that's true. We should have mentioned that before. He, uh, It's very obvious that there's something she's hiding, and he definitely gets suspicious, and you can tell there that he was a little suspicious of it. Yeah, definitely. So then we go to our final scene of the episode. We're back at Quake. The woman who, with the red hair who was Stefan's date earlier in the episode is sitting at the bar. Um, Phoebe approaches her, and the woman doesn't recognize her. She then goes up to Prue and Piper, and she kind of says how she'll be more careful in the future. And then Prue kind of makes this joke about how their powers are good for everything but their love lives. Um, The lottery comes up on the TV. Phoebe pulls out her ticket, and of course, all the numbers disappear off of it. 
And she says, good thing I didn't take the tags off the dress. Um, and then we end the episode with Piper making a toast to the power or three, whether we like it or not. Yeah. I think that was a great ending, too, because it kind of showed Piper starting to accept and uh, believe in herself a little bit more and her powers. Because it started out, she was scared, thinking, you know, she was evil. And then I think when she got that validation from the church that she wasn't evil. Mm-hmm. Um, and after saving her sister and saving Brittany, it kind of helped her to realize, like, okay, this is a good thing. Yeah, definitely. Um, and, you know, just overall for the ending of the episode, I thought this was good. I think we get something about Piper here. Um, I think we really clarify that not only should they not use their powers for personal gain, but the magical world seems not to let them do it, um, yeah. which I'm interested to see how that kind of continues to happen throughout the series. And, you know, it seems like their connection as the three sisters, as opposed to just each of them with Piper, is starting to grow in this scene. Yeah, definitely. Any um, overall thoughts or anything you kind of want to bring up before we end it? Um, None that I can really think of. I mean, I think this is a great episode. It kind of definitely showed us a lot more insight on the characters. um, And... You know, I feel like Piper specifically, I like that they kind of kept re-bringing up that scene um, where she's trying to find out if she's good or evil at the church. Um, And obviously Prue gets that job where we know that the people she's working for have some ties to the magic world. And I can't wait to see how that plays out. Yeah, I'm definitely excited um, for the things you just mentioned. Um, I'm excited to see, you know, this kind of sisterhood continue growing. I'm interested in seeing what other warlocks and other creatures they might face, if we're going to see any season-long plots, or if it's going to kind of be like monster of the week type episodes um, for the rest of the season. I'm really interested in seeing kind of who our bad guys are, if we're going to meet any other new characters, um, and kind of if we're going to explore anyone's love life other than Prue's. Right, yeah. I agree. So I guess we can wrap up there. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you want to reach out to us or follow us on social media, we're on Instagram and TikTok at rewitched underscore pod. You can also send us an email to rewitched.pod at gmail.com. Join us back next time for our next recap of Thank You for Not Morphing.